0: And remind myself that, you know, there are reasons why you're scared and that's okay. Maybe, maybe you don't climb today or maybe you don't try so hard. Or maybe it's the time when you push past that. And those are just mental things that I'm still, I'm still battling with them.
1: That's mountain lover, endurance runner, and rock climber, Tammy Faye. And this is the Wilder Mind My Podcast.
0: Mind grows wilder. Stoke that fire inside hear the call in the distance it's a long road worth your while
1: hey hi hello everyone and welcome to the wilder mind podcast i am your host cody Camerlin, and thank you so much for being here with the pod today We'll hear from Tammy Faye Watson, climber, runner, dog lover, coffee czar, nursing student, and so much more. I met Tammy a while back through our mutual friend, Leah. During that time, Tammy was fully dedicated to injury recovery, having just come away from knee surgery. I cannot recall a single moment during our conversations that she spoke of the pain or any sense of being held back. Rather, Her focus was on the progress to get back on her feet as quickly as she could. She spoke of races and rock climbing like she was about to head out the door to get after it. And I suspect, in her mind, she was. One foot was already out that door. She just needed the knee attached to the other foot to get with the program. Tammy is no stranger to injury, which you'll hear about soon. And this has made her a physical therapist's dream. She stays the course, she puts in the mental work to overcome the darker emotions brought upon by the injury recovery process and bounces back with strength and grace. Her ability to meter herself when every bit of her being wants to push through reflects a stunning level of maturity and self-awareness. It is something that has propelled me to focus more on the recovery and aspects of my own training program. During the days leading up to this recording, we had the chance to spend some time climbing in the volcanic tablelands. Afterwards, we finally got out on the trails around Mammoth Rock to stomp some dirt and even a little bit of vert. Shortly after, on my way back down from Yosemite, we went on a quick strike mission with a friend back to the tablelands. This and other great adventures with amazing friends were just the emulsifiers I needed as I launched into the newness of my life Untethered. Having recently tossed my corporate suit to the wayside and disconnected myself from the Southern California coastline, I was ready to jump into each and every adventure that lay before me. It's been said that we are all living in cages with the door wide open. I can say in the past for me that this has definitely held true. In this new journey, the easy part was to say yes to taking the jump. The hard part is taking all of these blessings and these privileges, and branch out and do something so impactful with them, something that elevates the people and communities that I care so much about. Trust me when I say that I hope, upon all hope, that this podcast does just that. It's funny, when I look back towards the week of this recording, it seems like it was quite a few months back, when in reality, it was just six weeks. Maybe I've lost sense of time not punching that proverbial clock. Or maybe, just maybe, it's that the days are so packed full of newness and the ability to say yes to the life I've wanted to for so long that time seems to stretch. I used to wish life away when I was younger, craving all of those milestone ages. Now I just really hope I can stay for a very long time.
0: Are you taking the grown-up Do live with a man who knows you like I I oh,
1: It's wild to me that this is, in fact, real life. And it's wild that I get to spend this life alongside friends like Tammy. And I could say so many things about Tammy, the immensity of her heart the unrelenting nature of her work ethic and how her love of the mountains translates into dreaming up and completing some insane backcountry adventures. And I mean, I sort of have to, because without prompting, she probably wouldn't. I am so excited to finally share the words of someone I consider myself very fortunate to call a friend. And with that, join us in the dreamland of Mammoth Lakes, California, as we chat before heading out into the crisp autumn air under the blue skies and amongst forested trails for a run along the mountainside. Now, let's do the damn thing. All right, Tammy Faye, we're finally doing this. We are. (laughs) It only took quite a while.
0: I can't run anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, I will, uh, I would like... I think it's worth mentioning um, that in order to ensure that this happened, I slept on your couch, so you couldn't run away.
0: <laughs> this is true. You did.
1: <laughs> but really, thank you for letting me sleep on your couch, because it was cold out of there. Of
0: course. <laughs> Can't have you freezing in the van.
1: It would have been horrible.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. So, uh, speaking of freezing in the van, it's October in Mammoth Lakes, and how long have you been in Mammoth Lakes now?
0: Just over 10 years. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, and over the time that I've gotten to know you, it's um, Mammoth Lakes from Riverside. There's a lot in between. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, was, what brought you right specifically to Mammoth Lakes?
0: My love for snowboarding. I grew up snowboarding. I've been doing it for more than half my life. Yeah, I wanted to be in the mountains. I didn't want to be in Southern California anymore. And so I came here for one season. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and
0: uh, that was 10 years ago, so...
1: It's a long season. Yeah,
0: <laughs> still going. And that was
1: you, That was after, well, yeah, after obviously <laughs> um, um, Mount Hood, right? hmm And how long were you there?
0: I did it mostly for the summer, so in the summertime they do snowboard camps and stuff up there, and I actually worked at a coffee shop oh. in the mornings, and then I'd go snowboard all afternoon, and yeah, that was most... Summers from the time I was seventeen to like middle twenties.
1: Wow. Yeah. I love how multifaceted you are because <laughs> I knew of you through running, and then I mean I knew that you you climbed as well, but that was kind of what drew me in. And then we've actually never run together, have we?
0: no maybe we we should do that after this yeah we should let's go oh i ate
1: so much food before we did (laughs) this (laughs) though but you know climbing together especially the past three days Mm -hmm. and over the course of time and i had no idea that snowboarding was such a big centerpiece of your life yeah and that's have you always been little outdoorsy tammy yes yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love being outside i always have
1: Norma's coming to visit. (laughs) I wish wish people could see (laughs) the dogs coming to visit as we're doing this. My
0: Chihuahua sitting over my shoulder right now. (laughs) One of my Chihuahuas.
1: (laughs) So little, little Tammy (laughs) in Riverside. In
0: Riverside, grew up with very outdoorsy parents. Um, My dad loved to fish, so we were always coming up to the Sierra, anyways, camping, fishing, hiking, playing, all of that. Um, My mom has been skiing since she was two. So her entire life. Uh, She grew grew up in New York. They'd go to Connecticut, Vermont, stuff like that to ski. I actually didn't start snowboarding until 14. And a lot of my friends actually picked up snowboarding. And I went with them and basically just fell in love. I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to snowboard all the time. And I still do. I still snowboard. Maybe not as much as I used to. But I still love it. It's definitely... One of my number one loves.
1: (laughs) And so how did you, from snowboarding and how did running and climbing start to incorporate into all that?
0: I've ran my entire life. I've been a runner. When I was a child, I ran when I was in middle school. I was on our middle school running team in high school. I ran track and cross country, mostly cross country. Makes sense. Um, (laughs) Fell out of it a little bit in college because I was focusing on snowboarding mostly. And then moving up here, there's amazing trails everywhere. So I got back into it and then really got into more longer distances a couple years ago.
1: Yeah, <laughs> So I'm laughing because you get into longer distances a couple of years ago. You've done some impressive, impressive runs. And most recently after your knee surgery, six months after knee surgery, yep, right? My Which, six
0: months. Hurrah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah let's talk about what that hurrah was
0: so i had knee surgery about six months ago i was in a knee mobilizer for nine weeks Um, part of it was non-weight bearing i tore my lateral meniscus i had meniscus repair surgery which is you get to keep your meniscus but it's a longer recovery which as you know because that's when we met i was yeah (laughs) still recovering from all of that um what i i couldn't really climb or run So, I picked up road biking and swimming to get back into shape, to get everything strong again. So, I recently did this thing called the Granite Man Challenge, or as I like to call it, the Granite Woman Challenge. Yeah. It's up here in the Eastern Sierra. It's a three-day event. It's essentially an Iron Man. The only difference is the run, but on the first day, you swim two and a half miles in June Lake, which is a local lake around here, so open water swim. The next day, you ride the Grand Fondo up here, so 102 mile bike ride. Then the third day is the run, but it's up Tioga Pass, so it's 12 and a half miles with roughly 3,500 feet of gain, and I just finished that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? What I really like about that, and it, maybe it was like. It might have been easy to to miss in the conversation because it the the distances and everything are so incredible. But this is literally six months after knee surgery. Yes. Nine weeks of which you cannot bear weight. I remember going on that bike ride with you and Leah, which was supposed to be a long one, but then the weather moved in. Yeah, yeah. You did you hadn't even been in clips yet.
0: No. I could I couldn't wear clip ins yet because I wasn't clear to twist my knee yet and i was riding in that ridiculous knee brace
1: (laughs) yeah that's right (laughs) and then that had to be only like three months before the granite man
0: yeah yeah
1: okay so a little more about that bike ride i have a habit of leaving the mics on after the conversation is over there's always something great that is captured and in this case well here it is Do you like the moment here after that bike ride that we already mentioned when she had the screaming Barbies?
0: We should mention that we went on a bike ride and it started hailing on us. And we decided to keep riding until none of us could feel our legs, fingers, face or anything and came back here and sat in front of the fire while eating JoJo's and Leah was crying and we should post that photo
1: oh we will because you'll see the and, uh, okay i mean also just to everyone, we you got her hot water
0: yeah and she we helped her remove her clothes naked, yeah basically
1: took care of her but it looks like a major lack of sympathy in the photo yeah. that we will post of the two of you because
0: i'm all like yeah.
1: yeah two thumbs up leah's i think she might have a chocho in her hand yeah. like cry laughing <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Leah. It just had to be told. Oh. And that now infamous bike ride? That was just three months before Tammy would tow the line at the Granite Man, Granite Woman Challenge. Insane. Absolutely insane.
0: I think we counted it, the swim workouts. I only did, like, less than 18 swim workouts to be able to get to this point. Or something. Grief. Well,
1: and what do you... I don't even know how to phrase the question. Um, because knowing that, knowing you, that's just still such high levels of badassery. <laughs> but what does it take to be able to do that? Is it, is, is it more mental? Is it more Lots physical? Of tears. Lots no. of
0: tears. Um, <laughs> actually, I had a really awesome coach that helped me get to this point. Her name's Alana. She... Actually, puts on the Granite Man and the June Lake try, up here. She's awesome. She's a badass. She believed in me 100% of the time, even when I was like, "I can't swim in the lake. I don't know how to swim." My first swim workout was in a pool up here. So normal pool is like, you know, 25 meters or 25 yards, depending on the pool. This was a 19-yard pool, so small. I yeah. couldn't make it across without stopping to take a break. And so it took a lot of just putting everything else on the back burner, like focusing a lot on just technique and getting out on long bike rides, like uh, lots of tears. Like I said, I came home crying a lot because I was so exhausted. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Um, Lots of ups, lots of downs, but really just being consistent. Wow. Wanting it.
1: And what is it that, you know, because I, I mean, I know I got little glimpses, like probably nobody saw more of that than than your husband, Tucker. Yeah. Um, I, I would get little <laughs> glimpses and like text conversations we had. But what is it that really pulls you out of those re- those low lows? Is it that you've made the commitment that you just want to do it or?
0: I don't really like giving up. And I had already decided that if I wasn't going to finish this event or maybe not do well it wasn't because I wasn't it I was basically gonna go down trying I guess Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't gonna give up before then
1: <laughs> that sounds about right that sounds about like you yeah. <laughs> and what's like very inspiring about like all these things you've been through um you know having met you during your recovery mm-hmm. and talking a lot about that and then starting to like go through the back pages um that's a serious surgery serious injury yeah and the more i get to know you the more i find out that's like a an injury in a string of
0: a few injuries a few injuries the last couple of years
1: um and one of which we uh watched the video of Mm -hmm. and i think um segues nice into something you're going through now but um the the head injury
0: yeah so i fell climbing i fell sport climbing in the gorge i Basically skipped a clip in the middle of the crux to try to save some energy and I blew off the hold, fell, kicked the rope on the way down, and fell into the wall head first. I, yeah, I got a few injuries from that. I cut my head open. I got a concussion, whiplash. I sprained my shoulder. I ripped my oblique muscle because of my harness. Um. yeah a few things but luckily in the grand scheme of things I was fine for the most part yeah
1: and, and when you say most part does that does that part of that include the challenge of getting back on the wall after that
0: I still battle that actually it's been close to two years since that happened I still sometimes battle if I'm climbing and I'm to the side of my bolt Sometimes that flashes through my head, but I try to really focus and remind myself that, you know, there are reasons why you're scared and that's okay. Maybe, maybe you don't climb today or maybe you don't try so hard, or maybe it's the time when you push past that. And those are just mental things that I'm still, I'm still battling with them.
1: Those of you who have been with the pod for a while have heard me say this many times. Climbing is an inherently dangerous sport. Please, please, please pick up a copy of the AAC Accident Report and read it thoroughly and understand the risks associated with this sport. Something we should perhaps chat about more often is when to push it and when to just enjoy the day. And wow, what a conversation that is. It's an entire episode in itself, really, that spans the gauntlet from ego to expectation and so many things. Just last week, I spent a great day in American Fork with my friend Charlotte. It was on the tail end of an intense stretch of zero-rest day training, and my body and mind just weren't where they needed to be in order to climb how I would have liked. So I backed off on the grade for leads and TR'd the try-hard stuff, and I'm really thankful that I did. Internal systems just didn't fire, and neither did external systems. (laughs) I fell low on TR, I botched all of the beta, and couldn't get my body to move how I know it can. Yet, I still had an awesome day because I was honest with myself. I'm still learning to listen to my body, to take it easy sometimes, and to let those things rest. But, as I do, I realize it's a pretty great thing. I hope and trust that any of you struggling with the same can come to that realization as well reach out if you want someone to chat with
0: i actually got some really good advice after this injury that basically the advice was to listen to my body and not be so hard on myself that if i'm not feeling good or if i'm feeling scared it's okay to feel that and to just come down and enjoy myself I don't push past the point of that enjoyment and so i've really been trying to focus on that especially coming back from knee surgery i haven't been yeah. climbing that much i'm just now getting back to leading and i mean we went bouldering the last couple of days and it's been my first time bouldering like yeah jumping yeah. off a boulder onto the crash pad you saw i was terrified i was like i don't want to do this yeah. i'm terrified i don't want to land wrong totally um so the yeah repercussions
1: are so high yeah yeah <laughs> well and i learned a lot from you just just like these past three days mainly in the milks where i still battle that like do I need to push through it and force myself through it to get over it? Or is it okay just to back down? And you were, I forget what the climb was and you're like, oh, I'm just going to downclimb. I don't feel like topping out and jumping down. And it, it really hit me. I'm like, Oh, that is definitely a permissible thing to allow yeah. myself to yeah. do. And I'm like, you climb way harder than I do. <laughs> so there's no reason why I can't back down.
0: <laughs> I think it's good to know when, when those moments are, when to back down, when, when it's Okay. Yeah. It's always okay.
1: Yeah. But right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mentally, just knowing your limits just when you're not feeling it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we uh ran into Pete out there. He he mentioned something. I think April was going up one climb, wasn't sure, and he said to her, he's like, If it doesn't look fun, don't do it today. Mm-hmm. And I, I love those little th- they seem very small, but they're rather impactful because we don't always approach it like that.
0: Yeah. For sure.
1: Yeah. And so back to that day when you fell, um, And if I hope I get this right, there were two um, EMTs?
0: Two ER nurses.
1: Oh, two ER nurses and a pharmacist out there, correct? That were your friends.
0: Yeah, they were my friends.
1: Yeah. And so...
0: And they definitely went into work mode. They came, they took care of me, made sure I was okay, which I was never knocked out. I did have a concussion, but I never lost consciousness. So I was aware. I knew who I was. I knew where I was. I knew what happened and why. So, but they were definitely there to make sure that I was okay. Yeah. And we made the decision to hike out, (laughs) which was a probably good, a good call.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And like right to the ER after that and all the.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I'm a little stubborn, so I didn't go to the ER right away.
1: I'm not surprised. (laughs) But
0: I did go to the ER.
1: How many days did you wait?
0: Like 12 hours. Okay, not, good, good. Not many, <laughs> not many days or anything.
1: But that definitely had an impact on some choices you've made now with your life and mm-hmm. some cor- the courses you're going through. It has,
0: actually. Yeah, so I went back to school. I'm in an EMT class right now, but I am going back for nursing. That's so, so cool. Thanks.
1: Yeah. And that's, I mean, okay, so you, you have a full-time job. Mm-hmm. You have all of these commitments to yourself and to, you know, friends and certain folks that believe in you. Um, And now you are, how many hours of those classes are two nights a week?
0: Two nights a week, but it's five and a half hours each class. And they're at night. So it's it's a lot of time. It's a <laughs>
1: lot of time, yeah. And the book. I mean, when I walked into your house, it's, the, it's like sixteen hundred pages of dense information. They're big. It's a big book. It's not like a novel. It's, they're big pages. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. It's a big book.
1: <laughs> and how's that? How's that been going? Back to school and and doing something you love. And
0: it's awesome. I definitely recommend that if anyone is thinking of going back to school as an adult, they should do it. Cause I don't know. I enjoy it way more. I want to be there. I want to learn. I enjoy all the information that I'm learning. And yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's so cool. (laughs) And so that's a a big thing for you to be able to help out though. if Something goes Mm -hmm. wrong with somebody else, right?
0: Yeah, I definitely want to be able to help. My friends helped me, I want to be able to be that person for someone else. If that ever happens. (laughs) Hopefully it doesn't. (laughs) Yeah, right?
1: Fingers always crossed. (laughs) And I think this, what makes that? Well, I mean, it's obviously such a Beautiful and admirable thing and then as we talked about just uh, you know we talked about i think it was last night we've talked many times about it the influx of climate especially here in the bishop mammoth area mm-hmm. where it's not that far a drive from la and san diego and yeah. you know even tahoe and areas like that it's getting really busy it is and the number of injuries are unlikely or most likely going to increase
0: they are for sure
1: And um, we talk
0: about it in my class all the time. Oh, really? The amount of climbers that are getting injured and that we're seeing in the hospitals.
1: Really? What does that look like?
0: The injuries are different for everyone, but for bouldering, like we're seeing a lot more like people falling and missing the crash pads and getting hurt or just stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. And so we're, we're learning about, you know, the influx of climbers to Bishop how to take care of them on, you know, in the medical world. And yeah, just being prepared, seeing those certain types of injuries that maybe like bouldering brings in or sport climbing in the gorge brings in and howing, how to be prepared to actually go down into the gorge to get someone out because it's not easy.
1: Oh, it's not easy just to get down there on, on your own. own. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which is why you go down there, you see backboards.
1: Yeah, I love that they're there. down there.
0: And if anyone is ever in the gorge at the DWP or the water power company they have a phone down there you can call if someone gets hurt i know that's probably they don't, probably don't want that as public knowledge but <laughs> but they have it
1: you know I'll, I'll check with them like before i release this because yeah. i think that's great public <laughs> knowledge to know
0: they should they should know um, wow but you can use that
1: and I, I even saw a litter or a backboard out at yeah. uh, pine creek mm-hmm. uh, yesterday that i was so glad to see those because these places are not Easy to get in and out of, also, especially for the help that needs to come. I also
0: recommend bringing your in-reach or getting one if you don't have one. I carry mine everywhere we go.
1: Could not agree more. Did that before
0: more. I went back to school. Just, you never know. You never, know. It's good to have know. it. It's good yeah. to be that friend that has one.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> be the friend that has that, that can help. Yeah. And so these lower body injuries you're seeing from an increase of in the area, um, and, and maybe, maybe there's not data around this, but I'm sure the conversations, is that because people are going out, Um, without enough pads or without enough knowledge of how to spot properly or spot your fall.
0: All of the above. Yeah. I'd say it's more of um, the knowledge of the climbs themselves, the area, like maybe the crux is up really high and they're not ready for that, but they think that maybe they can climb that for whatever reason. And then maybe people just not being great spotters or there's just a bunch of different reasons. It's kind of hard to narrow that down but
1: yeah yeah it's tough i mean i'm glad that you know i'll walk by a group and you'll see like six hands in the air it's like well that's probably too many It's, I'm glad that everyone's trying, yeah. but we've joked about those photos where n- when no one gets hurt, so we can joke about it, when you see someone falling and like nobody's actually doing anything, just their They're hands just, are still in yeah. the air, <laughs> as, as opposed to yours that I caught where you literally caught Leah.
0: She's small. I can catch her. Yes, can't catch many people. So
1: <laughs> This is true. That was a great spot. I love that photo. <laughs> so good. And then... You know, in that same conversation, this blew me away last night over dinner uh, with you and Tucker talking about um, in the past just six years that you've been climbing, in the past couple years, the differences you've seen to the landscape. Yeah. And, I mean, I've seen photos and stuff, but what has that been like to actually witness?
0: It's kind of crazy, actually. I mean, I haven't been climbing for that long compared to some people who live in this area. Six years. I just hit my six-year mark.
1: Hey.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But even when I first started climbing and, you know, going, bouldering at the buttermilks, you could go on a weekend and there'd be, I don't know, a handful of other people there. (laughs) Holiday weekend. Yeah. A little busier. But now, I mean, it's kind of crazy all the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, save for the the first day I arrived out here, Monday and an area I won't mention. Um, every day, I was surprised how many people were actually out, mm-hmm. and I figured it would just be locals. No, and it was not. Yeah. On weekdays, it's wild, and yeah. on the weekends, it's like you might as well just go to a gym. <laughs> <laughs> it looks it looks like one. They should charge. Stay at home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be better. Yeah, drink coffee. Yes, which I'm going to do right now. Me too. <laughs> mm. But I'm going to hit this too
0: gopro back on
1: oh yeah um so another these are all lining up perfectly it's like we planned this which we did not there's no script but so six years climbing yep bishop um hanging out here in mammoth Mm -hmm. and then having the literal crap almost scared out of me last night when (laughs) shelma pounded on your window out of nowhere (laughs) so that was a great unannounced visit um and then what blew me away was talking about, because you've been involved with Flash Foxy since the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, talk about how the two of you and Shelma met and the first invitational, everything was, I thought, fascinating.
0: Yeah. So Shelma and I met on Instagram, actually, back when, I don't know, Flash Foxy had like 500 followers or Jeez. years ago. We'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Years ago. Um Shelma used to live up here. She used to live in June Lake. We have a bunch of mutual friends. And once we figured that out and started talking, uh, she had said she's never been up here to climb, which kind of blew my mind since she (laughs) lived here and is a climber. (laughs) (laughs) So we invited her up. She and I met. We climbed together and then we ended up hitting it off and climbed together for like, I don't know, more than a week straight and we've been good friends ever since then. I've been involved with the festivals since before it was a festival, which, yeah, it's we don't crazy. need to. Um, I was like, I lost my train of thought there for a minute. Been oh, it involved, happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what was I saying? Um, I've been involved with the festivals for a long time. Day one, back when the first festival was in Bishop, we had, I don't know, four volunteers and we all worked... <laughs> Ninety hours that weekend, wow, or something <laughs> ridiculous like that. We have uh, figured things out a little better now that it's going into a couple years. We yeah. have one in Chattanooga, uh, which is coming up actually, end of this month.
1: Yeah, are you going to that? I, yeah, yeah, I thought mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Yep. Wow. I, I, have you been to the Chattanooga one before?
0: Yeah, I haven't. I haven't missed a festival except for That's the so Summer cool. Fest, which is new. Yeah. This past summer, um, I didn't get a chance to go to that one because I was still recovering from knee surgery. And sure, that little thing. Yeah, it, yeah that little thing. Um, <laughs> it was hard to get across the country. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'll be in Chattanooga. I've been in Chattanooga every year. This is our third Chattanooga festival. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's And what, what impact? And that's a big question, I know. But like, yeah, what impact has that had on you personally?
0: Oh, so many. Things I don't even know where to start the friendships that you form from something like that. Just meeting all of these amazing women who have either been climbing for a really long time or just learning how to climb. Those friendships and seeing those stories and meeting those people, it's always inspiring to me. I love meeting people who are just psyched on doing whatever it is that they're doing and seeing that love For the sport and seeing everyone come together having those hard conversations because that is something that the festival you know we are a safe space and we want to open lines of communication to have all of those talks that maybe you're too scared to talk about even with your friend group but we want you to feel safe to come to our space and talk about whatever it is you want to talk about and have those open lines of communication wow we do panels where, you know, it's a question and answer, like back and forth conversation type of thing. And those are always my favorite part of the festival. I love listening and getting to know everyone better and seeing what they have to say.
1: Oh, yeah. That's awesome. And I mean, obviously, I'm not asking for like any details, but I'm curious because I think that is so important. Um, and I've had some experience that you and I have talked about in those Environments where you can have those conversations mm-hmm. that maybe you don't even know you've been needing to have. Exactly. Um, well, I, I want to ask what kind of stuff comes up, but again, no details required. Just
0: anything you can think of has come up before, really, from taking care of the land to you know personal struggles with climbing or how to even be a female in climbing and dealing with like. Personal female things that maybe we don't know how to take care of in the night, like while we're outside. For sure, yeah. Two, uh, there's been conversations about being female route setters and uh, it's oh, very, wow. it's varied. Yeah. So,
1: oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought about, like, you know, and I think you and I both haven't grown up as outdoorsy people. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff I don't think about, like, exactly. Just, you know, how to function outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, And those can be embarrassing to ask. Yeah. Right. I've had people like ask me, like, how do I put a tent up? And I think, what? But it's also, I mean, I remember the first when I started to climb, you know, I would need to be reminded, like, how do I tie, you know, do a clove hitch with one hand? And you feel like such a dork asking, but you have to learn somewhere, right? You all
0: learn somewhere. Yeah. I still don't know if I can do a clove hitch with one hand. I I I'm can't. Not that coordinated. No,
1: I, I still do it with two hands because I just don't trust myself to do it with yeah, one I'm hand. Like, what? what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holding myself out, trying to hold on. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You know, it's funny because you can practice everything on the ground and perfect it. <laughs> and the first time I went to tie a super eight on an actual multi pitch, it took me like yeah. six <laughs> tries.
0: <laughs> oh, when I was first learning how to build anchors for trad climbing, you can ask Shelma. She she has spent countless hours waiting for me to finish tying an anchor like like no that doesn't look right oh, wait, is that right and she's like are you okay yeah <laughs>
1: then the, like the anxiety sets in yeah. oh no
0: <laughs> oh no i'm taking too long
1: oh i've been there the worst is when you get it and you're like i need to rebuild this like yeah. no <laughs> great Oh, man. So we've all been there. Yeah. (laughs) And I've been the one who seconded up to some questionable anchors. Mm. That's also can Mm. be... (laughs) Yeah. That's cool you built an anchor, but you're blaming me off your hip. That's great. (laughs) 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 Or not hip, but you're uh, (laughs) off your harness. Yeah. Hip would be terrifying.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, ah. (laughs) I didn't realize I was soloing. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (gasps) Okay. On a lighter note... Since we're back talking about climbing. Yeah. Trad, sport, bouldering. Yeah. How would you rank them for you?
0: Ooh, anything with ropes first. Yeah. And then bouldering after.
1: Nice. But the bouldering psych is coming back. It is. And is it? So
0: I missed all of last season for climbing in general. Like all of Bishop's season. I I didn't get to do it. So I think because I missed out on that, I'm really psyched to.
1: Feels kind of new again, get right? Back. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, this yeah is so much fun <laughs> it was odd like I haven't been bouldering I mean this was my first time in a long 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 yeah. time and it it felt new and it was kind of cool like working moves out' unlocking yeah. things that I can't do and <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love bouldering for that
1: <laughs> yeah it's and it's also let's be honest it's really nice to Sit down and have a snack.
0: Exactly. Like, oh, I want to sit in the sun. (laughs) I'll watch them climb for a few.
1: Yeah. Because when you're on, like, you know, six plus pitches, you're not eating. And if (laughs) someone pulls the bar, I'm like, what are you doing? There's no time to eat. Put the bar back in your pocket. We eat at the top or the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this is, I can get used to this. A little sip of water, a little bite of something. Yeah. Pet the dogs. Yeah. Oh, the dogs made it essential. (laughs) Yes. I feel like we have to have a whole thing, a conversation just about the dogs.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. We can. They They're make all sleeping life. right
1: now. So we'll introduce... We have Benton, the Border Collie. Yep. We have Olive, the newest member of the family. Is she a pure Chihuahua?
0: She is, yeah. She's a Meryl Chihuahua.
1: Meryl Chihuahua. Meryl describes her coloring, mm-hmm. right?
0: So and she's then, spotted.
1: <laughs> yes, and she's beautiful. And
0: she's the cutest baby.
1: And then the one up in the window, Mr. Norman, who is Chihuahua, mini Pin it, dachshunds. Yeah,
0: something.
1: Longest legs I've ever seen on a dog his size. Yeah. <laughs> and they all, all of them... So Benton's seventy four pounds. Yep, Olive's four, Norman's
0: and Norman's nine. nine. Yeah,
1: and how far did they all run with
0: you yesterday? Five miles. <laughs> Norman is a good runner, though he he tops out at like fifteen miles. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> he loves it.
1: That's the well, that was one of the wild things I remember when we uh, went to Rock Creek mm-hmm. um, and talking about that they all run with you. Yeah, it, I was blown away. Like this, Benton makes sense; he's big
0: and he's a border collie,
1: and he's a border collie. He, <laughs> yeah, he's he's meant to run, but Norman is very small. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, he's all lungs and legs, though. If you True. look at him, yeah, he's a great runner.
1: <laughs> and that was when I first like pet them. I was just blown away. They're pure muscle. Yeah. They're sturdy dogs.
0: No, good dogs.
1: It would make... It would not... Yeah, I can't imagine you having any other kind of dog. No, me either. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I love dogs.
1: (laughs) Um, Which segues into another great topic of conversation. That Another thing that there's there's so many layers to Tammy. (laughs) um, You love animals so much that you did some veterinary courses.
0: I did. So how...
1: Yeah, describe that. What that looked like.
0: So in high school, my high school basically had one of those programs where you can take this course and it was college credit and when you graduate you can go into like an accelerated program and i took three years three out of the four years of a veterinary program i love animals so it was an easy decision um chose not to finish the course for reasons that we don't necessarily need to get into (laughs) (laughs) um but it also They're kinda, good reasons. They're very yeah. honorable
1: reasons. We'll, we'll say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but that also made it an easy choice to get back into the medical field this time, you know, for humans.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, a lot of that probably would. I mean, w- when we talked about this, you um you carry a, a rather large first aid kit, which is awesome, and some of it has specific items for animals. dogs. Yeah, yeah, for animals. That's fantastic, and it. It's funny because we always see crack dogs out there and I always make the joke that I bought a camera to take pictures of dogs, which (laughs) kind of rings (laughs) true. But I never thought like what happens when a dog gets hurt. Mm -hmm. And I don't know a darn thing about that, which makes me sad because I freaking love dogs.
0: Well, I can teach you some things. (laughs) Excellent.
1: So for listeners, hopefully a lot of you have dogs and take your dogs outdoors responsibly. Um, What do you specifically have in your kit for dogs?
0: Oh, there's a lot of stuff. I have uh, like... A dog leash, a tourniquet. Basically, you know, a tourniquet is like if they were to get an injury, you wrap it around. Mm, yeah, yeah. The limb. Yeah. Um, I have like solution to clean wounds with. I have, it's basically like baby Benadryl in case they have some kind of allergic reaction. Sure. You can give that very safe for to those, them. Yeah. And even you know, for the little ones, if you give them like a piece of that, I have stuff for snake bites because. <sighs> There's rattlesnakes in Bishop, which can, I mean, I'm terrified of them getting bit, but.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely.
0: Um, So I have stuff like that, really.
1: That's awesome. Um, I never thought of any of that, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, because poor little guys, something happens to any one of them.
0: You know, just very recently, Benton got bit at the buttermilks the other day, and you know, I like, cleaned it out, and Made sure it didn't get infected and whatnot because it was decently open.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I bet. And he's fine now. Yeah, he's just sleeping sleeping. away. (laughs) They're all relaxing and sleeping. It's nap time.
0: They're probably like, what are you guys doing?
1: This is boring. Maybe the conversation wasn't animated enough for Benton, Norman, and Little Olive. So we switched it up a bit. The night before recording this podcast, Tammy, Tucker, and I went out for dinner. I had a plural number of beers. Tammy had a single margarita and, if I recall, didn't finish the whole thing. But there was a time when she would have been more prone to do the...
0: And, yeah, did the whole, like, get shots thing. What they do is they, like, pick you up, spin you around, and <laughs> shake you like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that was a phase <laughs>
1: but what isn't a phase is
0: that still holds true That's... <laughs> halloween is my favorite holiday it is my favorite time of the year i love dressing up all things scary <laughs> yeah Face your painting. costumes are yeah. elaborate <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> we might have to put some of those photos out when we release this yeah
0: right just me and my halloween costume yeah like...
1: <laughs> totally <laughs> So, after a few little side chats, I wanted to dig further into what recovery has looked like for Tammy, what the lessons she walked away with are. I know that a lot of you have a seat on the Injury Recovery Struggle Bus alongside us, navigating the twists and turns while the bus forges ahead at full speed. It's a tough journey, but as we know, tough times don't last, but tough folks do.
0: It's life ain't fair
1: Saddle up, boy, and see it through Tough times don't last all the tough folks do Have I said that before? I bet I have. It's just that good. It's worth repeating. And I'll probably say it again.
0: Biggest lessons from knee surgery is to just have patience i lack that like if i'm being honest <laughs> <laughs> that does not come naturally to me yeah. I, my best friend madison and i always joke together that she was put in my life to teach me patience and i was there to teach her how to move faster <laughs> <laughs> so we balance each other out
1: that's awesome <laughs>
0: She's probably going to be embarrassed that I said that. But <laughs> I'll, repeat, I'll put that on repeat a few yeah. times. <laughs>
1: and then uh, working PT, we had that conversation this morning mm-hmm. about, I thought that was really, um, and I've been thinking about that a lot, the mix of PT versus activity, what that looks like.
0: Yeah, so I started, I did PT, I started PT in my third day after knee surgery. Wow. Simple things like trying to lift my leg, you know, three inches on my own and kind of pulling my heel To my butt sort of stuff. And it progressed all the way to, you know, lots of squats and hip strengthening, all stuff like that. I mean, I had an awesome PT who was helping me progress through all the stages relatively fast. Like, he was able to see that I was progressing faster, so he was moving me up through the exercises based on that, which I'm really thankful for. Yeah. Um, And he let me run, like, pretty early... I think I was out of my knee immobilizer, walking around with my cane, and he was like, yeah, you know, if you want to run, keep it to this amount, but do one minute on and five minutes of walking, and then one minute on and five minutes of walking. And now I do PT about three times a week, and I haven't been very active post-Granite Woman but I went on a run yesterday and I usually run about three, four times a week. So I'm going to get back to that.
1: Yeah. That's a good mix. And I think a lot of that credit, obviously, you know, Tim is a a great PT, He is. but then you are a great practitioner of whatever the plan is. (laughs) There were conversations where you would talk about how much PT you were doing Mm -hmm. and you went through every single emotion, no matter what. And I'm not going to lie. I skimped (laughs) <laughs> More than I want to admit when I was going through my PT, which is probably why I'm still battling things.
0: <laughs> if I'm being honest, I was, I was bored. I looked forward to doing PT every day because I didn't have a lot to do. I couldn't work. So Nature- I could you work, work. You're on your feet the entire I, time. I can't, I couldn't drive. It was my right leg. You know, there's a lot of stuff I couldn't do, but PT was something that I could. So I looked yeah. forward to doing it every day.
1: Yeah. And you progressed, you did progress really fast. Which probably also has a lot to do with the fact that you went into it very healthy to begin with. So,
0: yeah, I went into surgery having done months of PT to prepare for it.
1: Yeah. Oh, really? Mm Oh. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. So, like, to get you ready for recovery and...
0: Mm -hmm. So, I knew I was going to need knee surgery. And then, because I work in a restaurant, I waited until after the busy season, after the holidays, to have my knee surgery. I still did pt every day leading up to it to get strong enough to go in to be at a certain place when i when i was recovering after
1: oh no kidding Mm -hmm. and what what sort of pt is that
0: just a lot of quad strengthening a lot of um hip like strengthening a lot of what's the word i'm looking for range of motion stuff oh
1: okay yeah huh that's actually really valuable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then it also like plays to if you're consistently doing that, right? You stay healthy and strong and mobile. Yeah. If something, God forbid, goes wrong, then your body will be able to recover faster. Wow. That was the idea. Yeah.
0: Was that if I went into it stronger, I'd recover faster. So I had this crazy goal of running the Broken Arrow Sky Race, which 52K. <laughs> I remember talking about Which happened that. to be the same week that i got cleared to run past 4 miles so obviously something had to <laughs> <laughs> something had to give there i ended up not being able to run the broken arrow sky race 52k but my pt said that i could run the 11k if i walked the downhills so i did that and i did that 4 months post knee surgery
1: jeez hey, <laughs> And you walked the downhills. I
0: walked the downhills. I kept my promise.
1: You know what really (laughs) blows me away about that is that's really hard to do when you come from a background of achieving such lofty goals.
0: It it was hard. I had given myself... I wanted to run it in two hours, the 11K, and I did it in an hour and a half. Wow. Because I could go uphill fine. I had my poles and everything, but going downhill was definitely hard and I don't even think I could have run the downhills if I wanted to. I still have a hard time running downhills.
1: oh it's so downhill's always I yeah I favor uphill now because yeah. yeah. Um and I don't want to like project my stuff onto you, but in my mind that takes I would have to suck up a lot of ego to be out there oh, yeah. on a course that's so much shorter than I wanted to do and then walking the, the down, race yeah. sections where you're like you're kinda I always see the downhills like that's the break. You just mm-hmm. let momentum take you. Um yeah, what did that feel like? Was that was there a lot of self-talk hard. before it? Just...
0: Oh yeah. It was hard. I had thoughts of I should be doing the longer one. I should be, you know, in a I should be more fit than I am right now, which was totally now looking back. It's totally crazy to think I could have ran a 52k <laughs> the week well I got you cleared did 11K. That's crazy. to run. Yeah. But I mean, I remember the day that Tim, my PT, you know, it was like, we need to talk about this. Like, I know you have this goal to get back. He goes, but why do you have the goal to limp yourself across the finish line? Or do you want to actually be in the game and running for a long time? What's more important to you? Wow. I remember just sitting in, in PT like, why are you doing this to me?
1: <laughs> why are you
0: telling me I can't do this? Oh, no. <laughs> Being so upset. And he was like, "You can do the 11k. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to walk the downhill." <laughs> oh, I'm I... like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> I love
1: this moment of yeah. compromise brought upon by <laughs> tears <the> and. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um,
0: so that was a hard moment because, you know, I had worked really hard before the knee surgery to be strong enough to go into the knee surgery to come out stronger, faster. And it just things don't work like that. I was super hopeful that I was just going to bounce back from knee surgery really fast and it's just that's not the case. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um I didn't know. Now I know. <laughs> I still you know, it doesn't matter what grade I'm climbing if there's like a tweaky high step right now, I can't I can't do it. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. I'll get there and it's been a hard it's been hard stepping back and being like oh I can't do this thing that I used to be able to do.
1: Without thinking. Yeah. But the victories are also really fun. Um, I think it was on uh, Weekender. Um, Oh my drop knee. The drop knee. Yeah. And like this the look you're like did (laughs) you see the drop knee? Did everyone see the drop knee? Yeah and then I let go. I was
0: like okay. Yeah
1: (laughs) which was awesome because that's a That's a big deal. I mean, drop knees on good knees are hard. Yeah. (laughs) On a bad knee is questionable.
0: (laughs) A healing knee.
1: A healing knee. Sorry, yes, language is important, a healing knee. Um, And what does the acceptance look like, feel like, um, of knowing that there are probably levels of performance that you're not going to be able to meet based on, and let's just be very honest with ourselves, Injury recovery and and age, as we start yeah. to things get just different. It's
0: harder when you get older, <laughs> yeah,
1: and especially once when, when you've been doing all these things for so long, it starts building up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how's that played out?
0: A perfect example is I'm in a few running groups up here, and one of them is a trail running group, and we usually meet and all run together. And you know, pre knee surgery didn't matter; I could keep up with everyone. I didn't, you know, it was fine. Didn't even think twice about it. But now I am the very last person all the time because I can't keep up on the downhills or Mm. there's just certain, you know, trails that are maybe a little more technical that I have to walk over the rocks or big steps. I can't. So being last all of the time now has just made me realize that it's okay to be last. (laughs) I'm still out there running I can still do these things, and maybe I took that for granted before. I was always pushing, 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 like you know, you have to be better, and now I'm just excited to go for a run, no matter how fast or slow I am.
1: <laughs> right, Because you can, yeah, and you love it, and that's what got you into because the first I can. place. Yeah that's been one thing that I've really gained from our friendship is this should be fun. Mm-hmm. And I remember I think you even questioned me on that. Like yeah. it's like what's the point of like pushing yourself to do all these fast runs if you're not gonna go to races and you're going to increase the likelihood of injury. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that actually so I was out road running and trying to like get back into these four minute miles and then I thought of what you'd said. I'm like, well, I know this hurts right now and I know I'm gonna battle some over you stuff. Why am I even doing this? And then I slowed it down, I got back on the trails, I'm like, shit, this is fun. Right. This is what I love to be doing. <laughs> yeah. Like like, no one's... Freaking Strava ruined me, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I will not get on my Strava soapbox because I'm still a Strava asshole. I can admit it.
0: Oh, Strava.
1: Oh, Strava. But... Spe-
0: I know, I was just showing you this morning how mine's like, you're decreasing in your fitness level because you've been lazy after the Granite Man. I'm like, no, I'm tired. I, I don't, don't want to sit yeah, on the couch. Yeah. You can't call it lazy. Yeah. That is
1: recovery. <laughs>
0: Right? I didn't get off the couch for a week, and it was great. (laughs) (laughs) People keep asking me, like, are you going to do it again? I'm like, don't ask me right now. I've barely gotten off the couch. I'm going to tell you no.
1: (laughs) But are we doing Broken Arrow next year? Because, thanks to our friend Eric. Thanks, Eric. Sounds like we could get bibs.
0: We are doing Broken Arrow.
1: Well, Okay, here's the thing. You will do it. I will suffer myself through the 52K (laughs) But
0: suffering is relative.
1: Suffering is relative, which (laughs) I do love. So we will agree right now. Broken Arrow next year. Broken
0: Arrow. Yeah, I'm already doing it.
1: Sick. Same. (laughs) You know those nights? Those nights? When you've been out with friends and had a drink, and then another, and then another. The whole drink, drink, drunk scene. And then you wake up, your head's pounding with pain of regret, swearing off alcohol for the rest of your life. And then, to top it off, you vaguely remember texting your new love interest, who maybe didn't know they were your love interest, or your ex, or maybe worse, you tell your boss what you really think, (laughs) and you wish you could take it all back. This is sort of like that. I was drunk with running stuff. Maybe it was the elevation that got to my head. Who knows? But it is what it is. Anyways, I was really pleased to hear that the folks behind the Broken Arrow Sky Race have treated Tammy so well and sound like incredible humans.
0: The race directors, they were amazing. Because, you know, I signed up for the 52K. Yeah. And I had, when I was, you know, told that you can't run that distance anymore... All the races were already sold out and booked, and I emailed the race director, you know, and I asked them if I can get moved down to a different race, and if not, I had actually told them, like, I can't do this. If I can't get moved down to a different uh, distance, will you just donate my ticket to someone? Because I don't want it to go to waste. And they actually wrote me back, and not only did they move me down in the distance, they reimbursed me for the other part
1: that's wild yeah that's not common
0: i recommend this race they're awesome
1: yeah and they deserve a serious shout out for that i'm glad you mentioned that that's
0: and so they treated me awesome that's fantastic the whole entire experience of just being in broken arrow they don't care what distance you're doing they want you to come out and have fun maybe it's your first trail race ever or maybe you're a veteran but they treat everyone the same and i really like that
1: that's so cool I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Because I'm intimidated by it. I mean, it's it's got such a name, and I mean, the course itself is scares the crap out of me.
0: It was so snowy this year. I don't (laughs) want
1: to hear that. (laughs) Can I rescind my agreement? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, what is the on the 52k? What is the total gain and loss? Like
0: ten thousand
1: plus. And you're already at elevation.
0: You've run up squat twice.
1: Good lord! But I will live at elevation now. You no will, more yeah. of this being a fish. So that should help. It helps. Okay. A little. Damn it! <laughs> I, was, I was really hoping you'd say a lot.
0: <laughs> now we gotta run up the mountains. Uh, okay. <laughs> we got a while. Yeah. We can get there.
1: Totally. Totally. <laughs> but it, the funny thing is, when we talk about the, all the crafts that you are, uh, let me say it, and I know you're gonna hate this so top level at and so inspirational like I know I make this joke and part of it well it's very true but also I like it because it makes you very very um shy
0: (laughs) what you can't see is me blushing over here (laughs)
1: um I mean you do it at such a high level all of these can you imagine any other way is this just how like did you picture that this would be it or do you think I'm gonna have to dedicate to one of these and and kind of let the other one just be a, a hobby
0: no i've always liked being well-rounded in everything that i do i like to put in effort to everything that i do and i'm kind of the person that if i can't do it well or at least to my standards then i have a hard time (laughs) maybe even (laughs) wanting to do it (laughs) for for lack of better words but (laughs) i think climbing is a perfect example i like to trad climb i like to sport climb i like to boulder i like to climb peaks i like to be in the alpine i like it all and i don't really want to focus on just one that's and my goal is to be well-rounded not necessarily like chase after grades i just i want to be fast in the mountains i want to be able to boulder i want just and for a long time
1: right and that would i love that because if we isolate that like the whole reason i ever wanted to level up to higher grades was simply to expand the amount of climbs that Mm -hmm. i could that were open to me yeah um and so I, i love that where the more well-rounded you are as an outdoor athlete, There's just more fun you can go have. Like there are exactly. certain peaks you cannot make unless you at least know the principles of trad. Mm-hmm. And you can scramble them, but you need to safely know how to use jams and stuff. Otherwise, you're going to really have a crappy time on these glassy slabs, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: especially
1: around here. <laughs> yeah, oh, good Lord, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, even on the sport climbs here, trad comes in really handy. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking Pine Creek. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's so cool. And I think that's what makes you so like appealing to such a wide swath of people. It's like, okay, cool, I, I like following really, really elite level climbers, but to some extent, they're just not relatable. Mm-hmm. So it's just fun to see. But when it's someone who I mean, <laughs> maintains a family of fur kids, is married, has a job, is going back to school, and still applies herself fully to all of these things, that's so relatable. You're like, okay, I can do this too, I, yeah, right? Like, I think I can do this, yeah, excellent. And then you go do it. That's a big deal.
0: Thanks.
1: No, thank you. It's awesome. She's still blushing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I hope that one got on the the GoPro. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna going to read this.
0: It's still going. I Good. can see
1: it. <laughs> I'm going to read this and then I'm going to ask you the, the final question just because I think this is so you. So this is on the uh, text message thread with uh, you and oh, it stopped. With you and Leah, I think. Oh, did it stop? me? hit it again.
0: Stopped. Back on.
1: Okay, yeah, here it is. So, this was at 6.43. Yeah, this was when Leah, uh, Robbie, and Forrest and I were climbing. So, you... Oh, yeah. It's after we sent you the photo of Forrest climbing with his broken thumb. (laughs) (laughs) To his credit, he wasn't climbing. He was (laughs) playing around. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Um, You wrote, Leah, I might work up the courage to talk to your friend in my class. LOL. Tell her, hi, I know Leah. (laughs) I just love that because one thing that people are probably surprised to learn, I was surprised to learn. And I know it actually that people are because I've told them, you're super shy.
0: <laughs> I mean, how long have I been running away from this? It's and we're just talking time. to each other in front of my dogs. like <laughs>
1: <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh, I just, I really like pointing that out. I will always play that string, <laughs> how shy you are. Uh, it's great. So that's a great segue into allowing you now just full control of the mic. So however you want to end it, serious, funny, deep, lighthearted, anything you want people to hear, know, all yours.
0: I mean, I'd say when it comes to the things you're passionate about, just fully dive in and do it. If you're scared, good. And then, you know, have fun.
1: <laughs> and that's the show. Thank you so much, Tammy, for taking the time to sit for the pod. I'm damn glad it finally happened, and now we can resume crew ventures without the constant threat of me putting a mic in front of your face afterwards. Thanks, everyone, for following along, for listening, for rating, and for getting stoked. And hey, next time you're out and about, may I suggest a conversation starter? It would sound like this. Hey there, my name is, insert your name here. Have you heard of the Wildermind podcast? It's the greatest podcast in the known universe. You should really check it out. Again, it's the greatest podcast ever in the history of podcasts, the greatest, the best. It's the podcast, the only podcast, no collusion with other podcasts that are worse. It's the best. The Wildermind podcast is produced and hosted by yours truly theme music by the incredibly talented Alexis Tia branding by the genius of thin Letter creative wherever you are, whatever you're doing and whoever you're there with to your wildest self be true
0: ignore what's inside of me nations on something This last soul will follow.